You are now listening to Raise the W, recorded at the School of Communication inside the Hickey Audio Lab on the beautiful campus of Western Michigan University. Come aboard and hear the people, stories, and impact of Western Michigan University. Here's your host, Tim Tarantine. Hello, Bronco Nation. This is Raise the W, the podcast that features the stories and power and influence and impact of the great university, Western Michigan. I'm here today. Tim Tarantine's my name, and I'm your host. I'm here to talk to Dr. Chad Edwards. He's a professor in the School of Communication, which is in the College of Arts and Sciences. And Dr. Chad Edwards is working on some groundbreaking research that is going to change all of the ways in which we do work and life with each other, how we as humans communicate. And we'll get to that in a moment. But before we do that, Dr. Chad, welcome to the podcast, man. Good to have you. Thanks for having me, Tim. It's great to be here. So... Tell us a little bit about your matriculation. You started uh, in a in a city somewhere in Kentucky. Is that right? Are you a Kentuckian? No, I'm from Texas. You're from Texas. Far out west Texas. I did my wow. undergraduate and master's at Texas Tech University in Lubbock. In what? In communication studies. Yeah. And then I did my PhD at the University of Kansas. Um, so I'm a big basketball fan yes, um, in communication studies. And then I was in Ohio for three years, and Autumn, my partner in life and science, we both are faculty here at Western. Sure. So tell me, what was it about communication and that topic of study that really kind of grabbed your soul? Because you all are really thought leaders in the industry. Oh, thank you. you. We've been doing communication in debate, competitive speech and debate, since about sixth grade. And so I wanted to be a debate coach forever, but the travel got tiring, going out on the weekends in the vans. And so I thought, I want to stay in communication. I just don't want to coach debate and speech. And so I fell in love with interpersonal and instructional communication research and theory, and that led to what we do today in robotics. Okay, so instructional communication and research and theory. For people like me who don't have that that much tune, what does that mean to the average person? How does your work that you do on campus apply to the life around us? Sure. I started off looking at how teachers and students communicate. Ah. So how can a teacher communicate better to increase psychological closeness, Mm. student motivation, learning in the classroom? And how can the student communicate with the instructor or the teacher to have that better learning environment? And so I would conduct studies looking at how do we make that a better relationship and better communication between teachers and students. Yeah. Take me back. Let's before we go too far into your career, take me back to where you grew up. I, I know you're matriculation in, uh, in through the, your studies, but tell us, describe for us the community you grew up in, because I think if people met you face to face, they would get a warmth, a community, a family kind of feel. Tell me about where you grew up and how that applies to who you've become. Sure. I grew up in oil camps in West Texas, basically. Yeah. I started off in Crane, Texas. My dad was a petroleum engineer. And then we went to the big city of Midland, Texas. <laughs> right. um, so I went to Midland Lee High School, so Odessa Permian, the sort of the Friday Night Lights. Yeah, that sure. was where I grew up in high school. Wow. Um, and so it was sort of a family connection. Um, it was oil connection. And it was education was important, especially out in the West Texas deserts where there wasn't mm-hmm. really anything to do. Wow. Um, and so you, you fell in love with education. You fell in love with communication. And now... Here you're at Western Michigan University, you and, and your partner, yes. your wife. She's amazing, and, and I wish she was here. I'm, i got to get her back on. Though. Oh, for She's sure, definitely. part of the story. What was the decision point for you all coming to Western? Why Western? 
Western had first Western had two positions in exactly what we did. Mm-hmm. I did instructional communication. Autumn did interpersonal communication. Sure. And it's hard enough for faculty to find two positions at the same university. It's even more difficult to find the same positions in the same discipline in the same department at the same wow. university. Wow. And so we had play. We we had offers from several places in the country, and Western had the best fit for both research. The idea that Western, being a student-centered research university, really sure. appealed to us because we really enjoy teaching, but we also really love research. But we like combining those two together. Yeah. And Western was sort of the perfect blend of that opportunity. I love it. So let's fast forward now to the future. We'll even go past today because what you are studying and what you're on the cusp of is quite transformational. And that is how do we as humans communicate with robots? Right. Isn't that correct? That's exactly what we Tell us about what you're paying attention to and what opportunities there are for Western to become a leader in this field. Sure. I co-direct the communication and social robotics labs with Dr. Autumn Edwards and then Patrick Spence, who's at the University of Kentucky. We also have faculty affiliate labs at University of Connecticut, University of Central Florida, and North Dakota State. So all five of us work together, and we're literally the first robotics lab in the discipline of communication. And so we're looking at how do people communicate with machines, whether it is Siri or Cortana on our smartphone, Alexa or Google Home in our homes, or whether it's an embodied robot like a Now or a Pepper robot we might find in a mall or a store. But how do we interact with that artificial intelligence, both embodied and on a computer, and how does that transform us as people? Right? Do we treat the robot with kindness or do we treat it like it's just another box or a piece of plastic? Yeah. And so and we what study does that all do these. To us, right? Yeah, what, what does it do to us as people? And so we look at all in our lab we look at all the facets of artificial intelligence and robotics at a humanistic human level. Wow. Now and the other thing that you all have blown my mind about on this topic is that robots are everywhere. Like sometimes even when we're on Twitter Right. I mean, you have blown my mind with the relationship between how we communicate in social media and robots. Can you talk more about that dynamic? Because that was fascinating. Oh, sure. Some recent reports show as much as 20 to 30 percent of your followers on Twitter are probably some type of computer program or algorithm robot. We call them bots on Twitter. Yeah. And they interact with others. They follow and retweet others. We have several published studies where we found that people think Twitter bots but just computer programs on Twitter are just as credible as a scientist if they're tweeting out good information. And so as a result, we're finding that organizations can use these computer programs, these algorithms, this artificial intelligence to have a really large social media presence, and people still believe it. People still think it's valid and credible. Maybe it doesn't care about me as a person as much, but if I need to know the weather or I need to know information about disease, it's just as credible. A bot will do. A bot will do. So let's bring it home. The listeners to this podcast are friends of the university. There's donors, there's alum, there's parts of the university family. How can we help to make sure, what's the next big move you want to do with this that places Western Michigan University as the thought leader in robotics and communication? That's a great question. I think our students are incredibly well positioned to dominate in the coming future. When we see economic reports that 30, 40% of middle class jobs potentially be replaced by artificial intelligence, robotics, automation. What percentage? 30 to 40%, according to a recent White House report. I need to hurry up and learn how to wash dishes. No, me too, right? But the point is our students are incredibly well-placed to deal with this because Mm. they can be the connection point between engineering, 
art, the connection point between science, mathematics, computer science, engineering, and they can interact and teach people how to deal with artificial intelligence, how to interact with robotics, how to bring all that together in your workplace, your home life, your personal life. And so they act as these great connection points. And the students in the lab are getting to work with the most cutting edge technology, especially for communication students. Yeah. And there's actual robots that they can work with to help us get ready for that, right? I mean, you have some opportunities coming with robotics, new technologies that maybe you can't talk about all of it, but what can you tell us about what, what is coming in terms of like the infrastructure to get us ready for that? Sure. I mean, in generally speaking, we're seeing that the first commercial robots are going to be in the United States in less than six months, whether it's Jibo's sort of tabletop robot or larger robots produced by robotics companies in Asia are coming to the United States. So we're going to see them in our malls. They're already active elsewhere? Oh, they're already in Japan. Um, We were at a conference in Japan this summer, and there was this humanoid robot greeting us at the Hilton. And you would see it everywhere in stores wow. on the streets. So we don't, yeah. we're not used to it. They're coming here, and our students are going to be working with them. We tell our students that if they're in an organization and it's a small group, say there's five entities, one of them will probably be artificial intelligence, working with four people, sort of human-machine teaming. And so we have to work with other people and smart and, intelligence. My goodness. Well, I think there's huge opportunity for us here, and I think the work you're doing is helping to position this university in a better place. What is the future of communication studies then? I mean, if you think about what we've been studying about how humans interact, I I don't know that we've been paying attention to this AI thing. No, we've been studying how people and people interact, human to humans. But what we're finding, we treat robots because we don't know how to interact with them, just like people anyway. And robot designers are building robots that interact more like people. So in our research and in our lab, we're constantly talking about the human-to-human interaction script. Wow. And it's the idea that you and I will greet each other, say, hey, how you doing, Tim? Yeah. Most likely, we'll do that with artificial intelligence or a robot. Because that's all we know as people. And yeah. so that script acts the best and most appropriate anyway for us. And so that's sort of what we're examining is how do we interact with these entities, these machines? Yeah. And we find, just like people, for the most part. Wow. Uh, One more thing before I let you out of here, Chad. Thanks for for spending some time with us today. The actual robotics lab. Yes. The lab itself. I don't know that many of our audience have heard of or been in the lab. Can you walk us through what goes on there and what is being studied and how that's impacting uh, our student experience here? Sure. We have two sort of small labs in Sprout Tower on the second floor. Our students look at virtual reality. They look at humanoid robots. We have some students that are interested in drone technology, sort of flying automated robots. Um, and, and how we communicate with those? Yeah, and how we might use those in a crisis situation. So if oh, someone wow. imagines trapped in an emergency situation, flying a drone in, what kind of messaging, what kind of scripting, what kind of communication works best for that emergency situation wow. using an automated delivery system. And so in the lab, we run experiments. Our students create their own projects. We had a student last year build a, uh, took an old Barbie Jeep that little kids ride and converted it into a robot type situation. (laughs) What did that robot do? What did Barbie Bot do? Barbie Bot just drove around. Um, Our original plan was to drive to the Bernhardt Center to pick up Diet Cokes, but we didn't have the battery power. But we're still working (laughs) on those types of things. And so they do building, but they also run experiments. We have graduate students that are presented at international conferences, so they work on their research in the lab and run studies. Wow. And so it's just a sort of, we we say lab is life. 
Yeah. It's just a community of students, graduate, undergraduate, and faculty hanging out, learning cool new things. Right. Every uh, every professor worth their salt has an approach to teaching, an approach to how they interact with students and how they interact with their colleagues in the university around them. You are loved by your students. Oh, thank you. You, you and, and Autumn's classes are always packed before they get started. What's the magic sauce? How do you see your interactions with students and your role as a professor? Why is, why do you do this, and what what happens between you and students that's so special? That's a great question. I like to think that in our lab, this applies to the lab as well, so just not me, that we'll find a student that's got an idea. We like to think of ourselves as like gasoline. <laughs> They're a fire. We're going to just pour and pump as much as we can to see that spark turn into a big blaze. So I think it's about what's communicating the possible. Mm. Right. What can we do in the future? Have all the resources, have no resources. It doesn't matter. Just imagine and dream. We'll make it work somehow. But what can you do to change the world and to make things better or make them more possible? And well, I think we sort of implement that on our students. You do. And it's clear. And it's clear in the work you're working on. You have made the condition better in the School of Com. I'll tell you that. Well, thank you. And I'm also happy that uh, our students get to interact with such new and cool technologies. That's what Western Michigan University is about. We, we are trying to change the condition. And part of this podcast is to make sure people know that special people like you are doing that. And our students are the recipients of it. So thanks for being aboard today, Chad. Oh, thanks for having me. It was great to talk with you, Tom. Absolutely. To our listening audience, if you go to mywmu.com, you can find more information about this podcast and many of the stories we feature during the show. If you have an opportunity as you think about your philanthropy today or how you might get involved with exciting projects like what's going on in the communication robotics lab, please visit mywmu.com. Make a donation of time, talent, or treasure today. And as always, take time to raise the W. See you soon.